All right, and we're back. This is episode six of the Emergence Nine Golf Podcast. Happy to have everyone, gents. How we doing? Good evening. Good. Hello. We have a uh, fun weekend to talk about. Riviera was a lot of fun, but before we do, just so we're going to tease some things for the listeners, we're we're working on some guests. We're going to get a bunch of guests on here and try to make this interactive and fun. If you have any ideas? If you know anyone, let us know. But uh, I think we're going to get some pretty cool guys lined up here uh, starting soon. And hopefully you guys like it. But let's get into the golf. Uh, we had quite the text chain going on, watching everyone's boy, Tony Finau, coming down the stretch yesterday. Loses in a playoff to Max Homa. Both guys, I thought, played fantastic on Sunday. We'll get into Tony specifically in a second, but let's let's start with the chant. Let's start with, with Max Homa, hometown kid, favorite golf course on tour. Played in Cali, lived in Cali, went to the, I think the story's well told. He went to that tournament since the age of two, watching it for years and years and years, and uh, has this tournament up there almost above some of the majors in his own book. So it was a pretty big emotional win for him. Hit a couple of great shots. Ball striking, I thought, was awesome. Coming down the stretch, little gaff there on 18, missing a, a three-foot putt to uh, to win it. But, you know, lucky or unlucky break on number 10 in the playoff. Hit a fantastic pitch out on the green. Gets out of there with a par and a half, and they move on, and he wins it on the second playoff hole. But, uh, guys, your thoughts on home? I was pretty impressed with him. He's a good dude. He's just easy to root for. Pretty funny on social media and on Twitter, but you know it was good to see him get it done with with the sticks. Yeah, I, I was. I watched all of that uh, that Sunday round, um, you know, playoff included, and had listened to some of the comments that he had after after the win, and they were interviewing him. And it's it's really neat. It's refreshing to hear some of these guys, you know, just be open about their nerves and what they're thinking and what they're feeling. And uh, he was he was pretty candid when he spoke about uh, not talking to Tiger that morning, he said, I was so nervous. I didn't even want to go talk to him. And he said, now I don't, he doesn't really have much of a choice. He's got to hand me the trophy, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, he played great. I mean, he handled the nerves great other than that, that one putt on 18. Um, but he hit an unbelievable shot uh, in the playoff there on the the 10th hole with that incredible hooded, you know, 50 degree, I think is what he said he hit. And I thought, thought it was over and he hit that shot and I was like, wow, he can actually make this and, and win it. And he said he was really nervous of that three footer. I heard a, a separate Colin interview directed to another podcast that he did. He called in late last night to it and said he's like, Man, I was just really nervous. I made a nervy stroke. So it was kind of refreshing to hear, you know, yeah. someone just flat out come out and say, Yeah, I was basically scared shitless. So I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> and own it. And, and exactly what it was, right? I mean, you know, the the commentary, you know, Fauda was saying, Oh, you know, he snorted and whatnot. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I think he pulled the Pulled the put. Yeah, he pulled it. Right? Yeah, I mean, it yeah. started left and went left. Um, and uh, you know, that was hard to watch. Like I, I was, you know, I was flying and and was watching it on my phone in the air. So I saw that. And we're all texting back and forth, and then the playoff, and then I saw the tee shot on ten nestled against a tree, and then we're trying to land, and so I lost my coverage. But I was this when <laughs> I was texting you guys. So I'm freaking out because you know we've we've been following this the whole time. And uh, when I saw that ball nestle against that tree on 10, I was like, it's over. I mean, I texted you guys. I was like, it's over. You know, yeah. good for Tony, yada, yada. And then you guys kept me, you know, updated as to – so think about it. He misses a short one to win, then drives it, you know, in a gopher hole up on a tree and still wins a golf tournament. It's it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. If you didn't see all the events unfold, kind of like I didn't, 
Um, then you guys are like, he backs home a one. I'm like, wait, what? Like how? <laughs> uh, but yeah. you know, like we, I think, I think we can all say that, you know, this, this podcast is, is a big, big Tony Finau fan, which, you know, how can you not be? Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh don't speak for everyone. Dude. Okay. Well, you know, Tony, <laughs> Tony, Tony, haters coming, will be haters. What can you say? Coming, Tony, but, uh, Max deserved it, man. He's, I think he's got one of the purest golf swings in the game. It's kind of, it's got a, and, and, you know, Mikey, you can speak this, but I, it's, it's really good. Got some old school tendencies, I think very fluid, you know, there's, it's, it's not robotic like some of the young guys now. I mean, he just, I, I think, you know, and his amateur career was, was pretty stellar. So when he turned pro, it was kind of like, all right, you know, his expectations were fairly high, but I, I think now, you know, there's, um, now that he's got this win under his belt, I, I, you know, can you put him in um, that category as some of these, you know, young guns? How, how old is he? He's 30. So he's oh, not okay. as young he's as Frank Chicken. He, he struggled for a little bit on the mini tours. Um, McLean and I were chatting uh, before we started, before you guys get on. He had, you know, struggled back in 16, 17, was even struggling in 18 on the Corn Ferry Tour, missed a bunch of cuts in the row, and was on the bubble of getting into. Was in the tour championship, getting into Corn Ferry playoffs, and had to bury the last four holes on Friday to make the cut to keep his status to get into the the playoffs. In the playoffs, gets his card, and then boom, immediately turns around and wins the next year. Uh, you know, nineteen Wells Fargo on the PJ Tour. So he went from you know almost rock bottom to you know PJ Tour winner, and and not too long. And that tells you a lot about his kind of intestinal fortitude, as they say, right? Like he comes across as the he's the comedian, he's a witty guy on Twitter, and he's always kind of laughing. He's he seems to be, you know, kind of laid back, chill surfer guy. But just what you said, Mikey, like you don't do that being a laid back chill mm-hmm. surfer guy. Like there's a there's a killer instinct. There's a there, fire there. Awesome. It's cool to see. Well, and I think the swing roasting online kind of helped his game. I think somehow he was able to develop confidence through ga- gaining a following. And, you know, obviously I'm purely speculating here, but I feel like it, once he started doing that, started interacting and it gave him the opportunity to where people were noticing him for something. And I think it allowed his golf to kind of follow in that spotlight and um, kind of progress through everything. It's nice to see. I'll say this. I mean, I think it's really cool that he ended up winning after missing that short putt on 18 because guys that lose a golf tournament that way, that that can tend to follow you for a while. And some guys, you know, it can, as we've seen before, it can be, um, you know, I'd I'd hesitate to say career ending, but uh, certainly impactful, career impacting. There's guys that miss putts like that, you know, have been selling insurance, you know, 18 months later. So (laughs) or maintenance director. (laughs) Yeah, or something crazy like that. I mean, selling golf clubs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you miss one of those those putts that everyone thinks that you should make, but in reality, on the 18th or the 72nd hole of a PGA tournament, uh, you know, you've got a right to left or three feet. It looks like everyone should you should make that. It's so close, but when you've got those nerves, I mean, it's it's not a guarantee. But I think I like to your point, McLean. I think uh, he's definitely gained some confidence with being honest with. The, the followers. And then he's very honest with himself too. And I think that when you're honest with yourself, that's how you're able to gain confidence because you're not scared 
of saying the wrong thing. You're just like, Hey, this is who I am. I was scared. I was nervous. And that helps you grow as a person, grow as a golfer. And I think that's why you're seeing him, you know, play as well as he had the last year he's played unbelievably. Um, and then obviously picking up the win last week. So, yeah. And he plays really well out there in California, his West coast swings. I was reading one of the articles about him. They listed off his West coast swing finishes this year and last year. And it's, I don't think he, he missed a cut. They're all pretty much, you know, top 30 or, or better. He plays pretty solid out there. You know, and, and looking at his scorecard too, he went bogey free the final round and he went bogey free even yesterday morning at the completion of round three. Those last, I think he had like six holes to play. So, you know, it was 24 holes on Sunday that he played bogey free to get in the playoff. And the guy doesn't really have a weakness. I think I texted you got, if you look at his stats, I guess putting is his one weakness. If you just look at his overall, you know, performance from a strokes gain standpoint yeah. in today's day and age. But yeah, and the guy's golf swing is money. He it's actually my, it his, might be my favorite out there right now. It's really good. I mean, it's slightly laid off his, his golf coach is Mark Blackburn, uh, Brit who actually is down in Alabama, which is, I gotta see how that works. But, um, <laughs> Mark's a lot of zoom calls. Yeah, that's, well, I'm just talking about a, a Brit living in Alabama. I nothing to do with him and, and Max. But, um, <laughs> you know, Mark, I have, I have had a chance to, to see Mark speak and meet him a couple times. And I think he's a fantastic golf coach. But he actually posted a picture on social media the other day. It was before Riviera started. Even just a picture of him last year at Riviera was, I'm not going to say across the line. But, you know, the yeah. way he had his wrist at the top and the, and the plane of his club was in a, a pretty different position than it is now. So to, to be playing this well going through, I don't know, that's a tough move sometimes to change the plane of that club at the top there. And yeah, to, to sure. do that in a year times and win um, is pretty good. It wasn't like he was just doing maintenance on his golf swing. It looked mm -hmm. like he was doing hardcore changes. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that same, uh, I think I saw that same post, Mike, and it, um, they said it was extremely impactful on his wedges. Yeah. Uh, that's where it made a big difference, being able to shallow out that plane a little bit. All right, let's do it. Let's get the Tony. Here we go. <laughs> let's get the Tony. So, all right. This is just, this is turned into a bit for me. I like Tony Finau. He's an awesome guy. He's easy to root for. He's unbelievably talented. So I've just been kind of playing this up for the listeners, if you will. I even had, I even had a uh, employee of mine, a listener, text me. He's like, you got to be rooting for Tony now, right? I said, nope. <laughs> nope. I'm rooting for Max. The show needs me to root for Max. Everyone else is rooting for Tony. I got to root for Max. <laughs> so he handles himself really well. I think going back to Max Homa, though, he, he, Tony might be lying to himself a little bit. Like, he says the right things. He handles it with grace and class, and that's awesome. And again, nothing yesterday, I don't think he choked one bit. I mean, the guy shot 64 to come from way behind yeah. to get to the playoff, right? So it's different than him having the overnight lead and shooting 73 and limping home to the finish. It's completely different. So yesterday, I think if you told Tony Finau, hey, before the round starts, you're going to be in a playoff. You're going to shoot 64 and be in a playoff. He would have taken it in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, he didn't really do anything. To, I mean, yeah, he got he made bogey on the last hole and in, in, on the playoff hole, excuse me, and didn't get up and down, but I don't know. Again, I, I, I'm just kind of playing it up a little bit for the show, you know, but again, just another kind of heartbreaking top 10, top five finish. The guy's there now. I think it's three consecutive runner-ups for him. That's incredible. <laughs> well, no, and, and like, yeah, it's like you played up for the show, like, you know, yeah. we now, 
are we on that side where we have to start critiquing, you know, at, at every level? Like, yeah, he bogey last hole uh, or the, the playoff hole. And then on 10, you know, he kind of, when you got your, when you're in a playoff scenario, like it's, it's a match play event, right? So you guys up against a tree and you got it, you know, where he hit it, which was pretty good. Not an easy shot by any stretch. That 10th hole is, I mean, I bet it, like it is so freaking hard. You think it's like, oh, this short little hole, that green is the size, it's smaller than your dining room table. <laughs> and it's no joke and hard and everything runs away from it. It's Crown. like you get there and you're looking from 60 yards, you're like, I, I don't think I can get it on here. Like, I don't know if it's going to stay. You know, kind of like maybe just chunk one and it kind of runs up there. But, um, but Tony hit a, hit a decent shot and then his putt on 10 was, was you know, I didn't, I, you guys were texting me this while I was, you know, sitting on the, the tarmac. But um, I, I've since seen it, and you know it wasn't the most aggressive putt, but it wasn't a putt you could get overly aggressive with. So yeah, I don't know. Like, Downhill Tony, left or riders are yeah, right. How do you like that's that doesn't work. So it, it's coming for him or Mike. You're, I think you're spot on. When you say like, is he truthful to himself? Because you know it stings, and like he he's starting to feel, you know, yeah. that stereotype that he's fallen into. Right, the guy that can't close a deal. Like yeah. he'll sit there to the media and say, you know, no, I don't feel that way at all. That's not the way it is. And and he believes that, but you know, it's tough. The media can he, talk you into that. Yeah, he's he's they're they're putting him in a tough position, and, and not only that, but the way that he's he's the finishes that he has had, and if if no one knew, they didn't keep track of like his top tens, and they didn't know he didn't know that he has had thirty seven top tens in the since his last win. If people wouldn't talk about it, then he probably wouldn't, no one would know. He wouldn't even think about it, but because it's become this thing, he, he's almost like he's got to defend himself to the media every time exactly. they, they talk to him. So, I mean, he has to say, you know, Hey, I feel good about what I'm doing. I'm confident I can do this. And I mean, he, he has to do it. I mean, if, if he at this point were to come out and, and act like Max Homa and say, you know, I was just nervous. That's why I lost. Then he would be just absolutely ridiculed. So he, right. he's trying to protect He's trying to protect himself and his confidence a little bit. And, he's in a and, really tough spot. Isn't yeah, he? He, and until he wins, and then maybe after that, if he wins a big tournament, then he can he can maybe back off and, and maybe be a little bit more honest with the media when they interview him for and ask questions like that. But I think he's just he's just getting through the interviews to to be a nice guy because he is. But you know, deep down, I'm sure he's probably you know like when is this going to happen? Like, come on, you, but, can you do know this. that the 37 top whatever it is tops. It's like you know, people almost look at that as like a negative. Like, you know what that is? That's is that's consistent golf. Like, tell me any, you know, that's as consistent as anybody out there. Yeah. So there's so much positive about it, but it's like the closing yeah. the deal. That's what we want. This is where we are in this world, right? We want closers, we want champion, you know, all that crap. Yeah. And and it's true, but like dude's a stud. But a lot of it is out of your control, you know. You know, some of the stuff, the, the the times that he's lost tournaments that are that he's finished second, I mean, some of it's out of his control. Sometimes he had had the chance to take the bull by the horns and win it, and he didn't. But a lot of a lot of the times were not in his control, which most of the time golf is. Um, and I think it's like you said, Tom, you know, I would I would take and we kind of talked about this in other episodes. Like, would you rather have the guy who misses a cut, misses a cut wins or would you rather the guy who makes five cuts? There's a difference between finishing in the top five every week 
and, you know, just making a cut. So, I mean, I take the guy who can finish in the top five week after week after week that can't win yet over the guy who simply just knows. But it depends, depends who you are, right? Because if you're a no name, that win gives you two years exemptions, gets you into majors, that kind of stuff. Right. Sure. Sure. No question. Um, I'm, I'm more in terms of the, the player that I think is, is, how the highly I would rate them. players. Yeah. Like if, if you're a guy who can finish in the top five, top 10 every week, man, this is you're and you haven't won yet. You're just, you're just standing on the edge waiting to jump in the, in the pool by yourself. It's like, you well, got look, it. It's no one else can compete once you well, win. And uh, the sad note is like, he just locked up his Ryder cup, right? Do you see that? Like he, he basically is a shirt, a Ryder cup spot like that. That's pretty damn cool. Mm-hmm. And as a captain, you know, Everybody that could ever be a captain would want Tony Fina on that team, right? You know, like yeah. it's not that. So I, mean, I don't. There's, there's, you know, there's pluses and minuses, I guess. Well, in just looking at those two guys' careers, so I did a little bit of stat research before coming on. Yeah, um, you did. Yeah, you did. Statistician. Is that is that hold on? Is that what we should? Is that what we call now? Stat research or like how do we stat boy? Stat boy. Absolute um statastic. Like that's terrible for all the people that are actually in uh statistics. Like that's an insult <laughs> yeah, to them yeah. entirely. <laughs> I uh, love it though. Like from now on, we're gonna be doing stat research. Oh, I love that. I love that. So uh look at the two careers. Max Homa has played 110 events on tour, uh made 56 cuts, and has made six point four million dollars. That's a solid career. He has two wins, 2019 Wells Fargo and obviously the Genesis. Um, but that's a solid but career. He's only made 50% of his cuts. Is that right? Like what? It's what roughly 50%. Yeah, it's roughly 50%. One statistician to get that number. Uh, it's not good. It's roughly 50%. <laughs> all right. Like I said, uh, with that, you ready? With that, with that being, being said, said. Yeah, there it where's, is. Uh, where's where's that? We're partying now. Hold on, hold on. Let's get it out of here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tony Finau has played in 173 events, made 136 cuts. Holy. That's how you go to the bank. I mean, you go to the bank. You go to the bank often. Um, Looking at his numbers to McLean, he's based on his career money. And, uh, you know, at all those tournaments, he's played 173 tournaments. He makes $121,000 every time he tees it up. Just on yeah, the course. That's what he averages. That's what he that's averages. What he averages. Has one career win, $23 million in career earnings. So, yeah, Max Homa has doubled him up on Double wins, but, the wins by Max um, Homa. <laughs> in real events, like too. like what real events. Doing. All right, Mikey. So, Mikey, what's like, what, where do you, like, where do you put your, where do you put your uh, emphasis? Is, uh, that's the wrong word. But, like, two, so he's got two wins, but he's made $23 million. Max Homa's made six. Like what? So, no. And again, I, I'm just. Oh, I know, but I'm just I, saying, like these guys want to win. They're competitors. Oh like, no, I know they yeah. want to win. It's not about him being a bad player. We all know he's a fantastic player, and and he's had a, a great career. But again, at the end of the day, it's what what gets you to the Hall of Fame. What gets you notoriety? It's it's wins. I'm sorry, we don't yeah. we're not Scott. We don't want to be Scotty Pippen. We want to be Michael Jordan, right? We want to be the man. Yeah, Scotty Pippen yeah. had a great career. Made a lot of money. But he wasn't the man, right? So, for the record, I would totally be Scotty Pippen. <laughs> yeah, and I would yeah, be Tony. Yeah. Fien- I would be Tony Fino in a heartbeat. I'm just yeah. saying again. Well, uh, we're, we're someone... trying to play a little devil's advocate here. Yeah, right? yeah you're like, right, and it, it's becoming a trend that like he doesn't want to see. And and you're, you're spot on, Mike. And you've caught like every week. We've you, it's kind of it's like become the joke, but it's 
it's real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. So the PJ tour put out this today on social media since his win, he's had 37 top tens. The next closest 16. That's he's crazy. had 21, 21 top five. It doesn't say 21 top fives. The next closest is 11. He's had, you know, eight, real, he's had eight runner-ups in that time, too. What would be interesting to know is, and see if our, our, our statistic guy could figure this out, but, um, like, so how many of those, all those top tens, was it, like, uh, like in contention going into the final round, or was it kind of like, you know, Riviera, where he wasn't really in contention, just plays a great final round and has a great finish? You know, because there's that, that's, there is, that's, that's part of the, the, uh, uh, the equation here. That's a little tough to quantify, but know, just, just going I, off I, of I, memory, I, going off of memory, though, I think there's a little bit of both. I don't yeah, know that there it's is, necessarily sure. skewed one way or the other. The guy has played a lot of good rounds on Sunday um, and put himself in the mix late on the back nine, and he's been in the mix going into the uh, back nine on Sundays, whether it's from leading in the third round. Now, I think there's a way to look at you know, those two things differently. You know, I don't think there's an argument to be made about choking when you shoot 64 on Sunday. Um, and a guy, a guy gets up and down or hits a, an amazing hooded uh, wedge shot. I mean, like, you know, there's it's tough to say that there's any choking involved when that kind of thing happens. So I, yeah. there, there is a way to quantify that and figure that out. There's a, there's a website called Data Golf out there, and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think you have to be a member of this site, yeah. but it's not cheap either. But you know yeah. what? We would take a golf um, data tech endorsement. No, it's called datagolf.com. And so I, I heard someone talking about this a few weeks ago, I think when he came in second, I forget what tournament that was, the American Express maybe. And they've they've put a number on it. And I'm not going to give you any numbers or how they figure it out because I forget the article. But um, they rate where players are going into a Sunday and then how they finish. And then are they moving up? Are they moving down? Should they have won? How many wins should they have won versus the field relative to how they played? <laughs> I'd love to hear this. And so it was it was able to quantify essentially like choking and that kind of thing. And he really was not that he was low on it, which was good, right? On the choking meter. So yes, he's up there a lot, but there's been a lot of things that just haven't gone his way. He shoots yeah. 64, this isn't a playoff, or he shoots a 68, and the other guy shoots. 64 and beats him, yeah. you know, whatever Ch it is. Choking is such a, you know, uh, that word is just, uh, I, I, you know, like I said, we've talked about in past episodes playing for quite a while and you guys have all played, in, you know, high level tournaments. And so it's no different, but you know, when we throw that around, you know, quite a bit, that word choking, like, and it's just, it, it's, I'm not really, saying he chokes. Yeah, that was, I, I, know, I know I'm not, you're not saying that he is. Value. But it's it's people say that all the time. I had somebody who was on the text chain, and they were like, "Oh, you know, Tony's a choker." I'm like, "Really? Is he?" I mean, it, honestly, if if Homa had if Tony had made birdie on that playoff hole, who would we be calling the choker? I, I hate Max to Homa. say it, but we'd be calling Max Homa the oh, choker yeah, by missing absolutely. the three footer on the last hole. So yep. and hooking I, it, hooking his tee shot on ten. Yeah, I mean, I call you know the the choker the you know I don't even like to use that term the guy who like the wheels fall off like yeah. on the back nine on Sunday where they just can't keep it together. That's choking. Like if you, if you make a bad swing and make a bogey on a, one of the holes coming in, like one hole, it's like, yeah, it's not choking. That's just, you hit a, you hit a bad shot at the wrong time. That's, you know, so I don't know. I, I get a little defensive when, when I hear people say that, because I don't think really any of those guys out there are chokers. Now, some yeah. of them don't perform, you know, at the highest level sometimes when the pressure's on um, and they, they hit more bad shots than others, but, 
I don't know to, to call a guy a chokers is, is, is tough. So I just found some of the stat. I don't know how they're probably not as detailed as we would like, but they have this stat called expected wins and they base it off of what's going on in their strokes gained in different categories. So for instance, Dustin Johnson in this, for just this season, he's played in six events. He's won twice, but his expected wins of an average PGA tour event with an average field is only 0.34. So their stats are saying he should not really have any wins this year but he's won twice. You go to Tony Finau, he's played 10 events. His expected wins based off of how he's played is 0.93. So we'll round up to one. He should have won one event. He's won zero. Where DJ should have won zero has won two. What's Rory's? I'd like to see. really fascinating. I'd like to see Rory's. I mean, of anybody. (laughs) Rory. But it's based on like, like, you know, where do they get? Is it like in-round production? Like, is it, you get these stats based on like how they've played during the event like what their odds were on the back nine maybe before the game like that's fascinating but i don't know how you i probably shouldn't have brought this on the podcast because i'm not ready to explain this we're doing this on the fly hey but we weren't ready to have a podcast but here we are you know (laughs) i mean i think stats like that are cool i mean definitely makes a difference to figure out exactly how it's calculated so you can you know give it like like again Xander Let's go back to one thing, though, real quick. Hold on. Yeah, I apologize, Mike. But no, you're good. I want to define what choking really is. Uh, because see. we hear it thrown around very loosely yeah. when it comes to Sunday golf tournaments, certain players. And to me, if I'm going to define choking, it's going to involve a large multiple stroke lead going into Sunday or a multiple stroke lead on the back nine on Sunday where a guy shoots 43 or 44 on the back nine and had a three stroke lead going into the back nine. Now we can start to enter that uh, argument. Um, I don't feel like guys shooting under par on Sunday should be considered choking. I mean, if you're shooting something with a six in front of it on Sunday, I don't care if you're even at the easiest golf course. If you're shooting something with a six in front of it on Sunday, I don't think choking has anything to do with that equation. You may have gotten outplayed, yeah. Somebody may have shot 63 from a couple strokes back and passed you. But again, uh, I, I think anyone on this planet takes a takes a uh, round with a six in front of it every day on the PGA Tour. I would guarantee it pays pretty well. Uh, and I, I feel like the word choke gets used by people that shouldn't be allowed to use. Yeah, yeah, that's really never been in you don't, that, you, in that you, position. You don't ever hear you don't ever hear somebody that's you know that's um a part of I don't even feel like on the golf channel you hear the word choke much, and and maybe I'm wrong, but like because those guys know, but you know, hear choke, you hear it on like ESPN on Sports Center, yeah, with these these you know this you know Sports Center anchor that knows nothing uses the word choke, and and shame on him because I agree 100 percent with what you just said, McLean. Like you bogey, even the guy that bogeys the last hole and loses, did he choke? I don't know. He may he, like there's a lot. There's so many factors. Yeah, I totally agree. Like. Adam Scott, remember when Adam Scott bogeyed the last four at the British Open in like this is what eight, ten years ago? Remember this? When you bogey yeah. the last four holes, always that's a choke. Like yeah. you just you kind of shit the bed, right? But yeah. when a guy like that, so I, I totally agree. And I had that word choke. You, you should like you should only be allowed to use it. Everyone should only be allowed to use it twice a year. Well, the guys <laughs> that you find, the guys that you find using it are guys. And this was put to me this way by uh, Mike Dunphy, longtime player development guy. Um, it's probably one of the best ways I've ever heard it. 
guys that use that word are guys that never signed a scorecard. Yeah. Hey, no, man, I, I like that. that. Yeah. You guys are so sensitive about that word. Jeez, all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well, yeah, there, here we, there you know, go. Didn't handle McLean's comment. Because <laughs> we're not saying, like, we're not, like, I mean, guys didn't handle the pressure. That's still the situation. Yeah, they might not have handled it. But, you know, choked is, I don't know, that's a, that's a big Choked is throwing something away. Choked yeah. is rolling down the window and throwing $350,000 down, you know, right out the window, rolling down the interstate at 80 miles an hour, which is what happens if you're late on late uh, into the round on Sunday, you miss a short putt. It can be hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, see, that's, that's a great point. We're, we're talking about the winners. Like how about we, and maybe we should do that. Like we'll start doing it every week. Let's who's the guy that Tyler McCumber. Yeah. That lost, like that really cost himself the most money, whether it's the last hole back nine or whatever, but, you know, we're talking about the winners and the and the leaders. What about the guy that was, you know, it was tied for ninth going into the last six holes and you know No, I'll it. give it to you. Tyler McCumber. Listen to this. Yeah, he did. Well, his finger hurt. Remember? Well <laughs> he finished <laughs> fingers hurt. <laughs> now your back's gonna hurt. Where is Landscape. he here? <laughs> I gotta um, Sam Sam Burns didn't down. didn't have a great back nine. Yeah, let's not talk uh, about I mean, Sam. Like I, I mean I've my boy Sam Burns, it just didn't like coming out of the gates on Sunday. So he birdies one, Dustin's pars one. Because I I texted you guys, I was like, yeah. I think Dustin's going by three. And you know, Dustin stood on that first tee like I'm a wax these people. Like, <laughs> nobody here that can't that can beat me. And he just Dustin just didn't know that he's got to be tired and jet lagging. Look, you know, there's people that are gonna say, oh, that's baloney. You know, he should be able to no, like look traveling. Across the world, like he's done, like that—that'll weigh on you. you. You know what? I'm not trying to interrupt you, but what was super funny? My brother sent me a clip of of Dustin Johnson's hat and said it looked like the ocean spray symbol. What? Yeah, that was not a. There's been it some was, really ugly hats it was on a tour this strange, year. That new Sim Two logo is bad. It looks so strange for a um, dominant brand. That's, that's, yeah. that was I, was not like, I couldn't, I couldn't tell what it was. I was like, what is that? But anyway, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Finish your finish your story. I can't. That, I, yeah, I totally threw you, threw you off. That's but, like the that's like the <laughs> stuff you drink when you like a got like a UTI, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, or you're in your period. It's a natural yeah. diuretic, I believe. Uh, I'll get you. Um, but the, yeah, I just feel like Dustin. You could just see it like very, in my opinion, through three, four holes. Uh, the, uh, like, let's say five, six holes. You could. Just he didn't he didn't look like the guy that's going to go out there and, and well take right, the right, off, right off the get go when he when he pars number one which is a, a par four seriously you know that's oh. a a bad start right off the, off the everyone was burning that hole everyone you know uh, I heard well never mind he's good you know you know with this shot tracker and the track man info that they put on there um, you can obviously see the ball flight which is super cool but it's like they have the track man info there and you can see it every almost every driver swing. I'm amazed at how every guy on tour now their ball speeds like in the 170s, and then some of the bigger guys are in the low 180s. I'm like hitting, having ball speed in the mid 170s on like a you know a tight hole where you're trying to hit like a a fairway finder, get in play, and still 177 ball speed. I mean, these guys mash it and hit it straight. It's like you know what I still blows my mind. Jay, when I saw like Max Homa did it, um, the guys I, I saw guys coming down the stretch hitting like these little low pinch bullets. I love that shot, man. That's me too, man. I, it's like Max Homo on 18. 
he smashed this little, it on 18. <laughs> he hit it 334, but like it, it looked like it was head high. This little peeler. There's like hold up, but like I yeah. just love that. That's that's old school. You know, guys, you know, Mo Man said that like when the when the chips were down, you had to have a shot that you know, when it, if the gun was to your head, you had to hit. Or the you know, you're trying to win a golf tournament. What was it gonna be? Was it a, a trap draw or a little pinch cut? And and all the greats had a shot, right? Yeah. And, yeah, that and, go-to, that go-to yeah, shot. But you always, for all of them, the, the consistency of all of them was ball flight came down, yep. right? It wasn't this lash. It was held off a little bit, whether it was from the inside and they the face was shut and they hooked it or whatever. But it's like, I just think that's so cool because in a day that the game has gotten so big and powerful, launch it as high as you can in the, in the stratosphere, far as you can, when they really get nervous and you really got to hit a shot, it kind of goes back to what it was yeah. 60 years ago, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's cool. That Joaquin is cool. Neiman hits a nasty bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk about head high missiles. Yeah. At 180 ball speed at around 140 pounds. Uh, yeah, he, he does some impressive stuff with the golf ball. What was it? He was the reason they stopped play because he blew, he was up in a tree. I heard like they he got <laughs> blown up into a tree and he was hugging <laughs> on for dear life. So, what are you, what are you guys thinking about that? I mean, that was awesome. You know, really, it just came down to uh, I, I got the for some reason the PJ Tour. I don't know if it's ever happened. Got the setup out of control. Normally, it's the USGA that gets the setup out of control. They didn't even mow the greens on Sunday. Did you hear that? Yeah, really. They didn't even mow them on Sunday because and they watered the hell out of them because they were so worried about the winds again. Well, that's that's what happens when you throw bad weather at people in California that have no clue what to do with bad weather. <laughs> and that was their bad weather. Not a cloud in the yeah, sky. That's it. Still 75 <laughs> degrees. Just a little blowy. You know? uh, <laughs> the whole world shuts down. Shuts down. Just a little blowy. Traffic. Traffic on the 405 was at a standstill because of wind. Bro, I'm, what, I'm in what? Dallas right now. And it, it, today it was 73 degrees and a cloud in the sky. Four days ago, it was minus two. <laughs> I was like, you slide that scale a little bit. That's basically going from like 30 to 100. You know, in a couple of days, like it's crazy. So, but yeah, LA, they're not, they, they can't handle it. And those greens, I mean, those greens are are pretty severe. They were in great shape. They were, I, I think those greens looked, in my opinion, looked better than they have in years. Um, as far as, yeah, the know, player the, said it too. The bumpiness. Tom, um, have you, pl- have you played that yeah. track before you played Riviera? Yeah. A couple of times. It's, is it just awesome? It, it is. It's so good. Like the, it's, it's one of those old school tracks. It's, you know, everything you want it to be. Yeah, right? the old trees and and the green complexes are such a, like if you built those greens now, they'd lock you yeah. lock you away and throw away the key. <laughs> yeah, you know? um, not all of them, but some of them. But it's just it's it's really really good and and um you know how are, they, how, how are the greens when like when it's not during the tournament? I mean, are they, are they po poana greens or yeah. they're good? Yeah, they're you know okay, but not nearly as good as what they would be no, for not, the tournament. Poana, it's like it, it, it's just so. So so you know what it is too, and like they talk about, like if you play at nine thirty in the morning, it's great. Opposed to playing at three thirty in the afternoon, it's a different yeah. animal, man. Yeah, and it's uh, the way I put doesn't matter, but um, <laughs> it was. I mean, seeing those flag six bend like that look like you boys are getting ready to experience that this summer abandoned, but um, oh, you know, the, but that thing's it looks like it was to rip it out of the ground, and you saw Keegan's putt on ten, like that was uh, that's when everybody's that like, okay, was nuts. We had a big yeah. time out right here. Well, and JB Holmes the, had one that rolled like 12 feet on a green. Just I've never seen a ball roll like that. Just at a standstill, it just yeah. I think he had addressed it, and his hat flew off or something. He yeah, steps back, and then the ball starts rolling. I mean, it was nuts. And then some of the guys were hitting shots on the range um, during 
during the delay. I know Jordan Spieth did and uh, Rom. Rom did. I mean, those things were coming backwards when they landed. Have you guys back towards the golfer? I mean, it was unreal. Have you ever played in a tournament where they had a like a wind delay where they took you? Yeah, off? last year. <clears throat> I mean, they, they just called it, <laughs> and and you're almost like when they call it, you're almost you almost tell yourself you're like, why didn't they call this sooner? Because it's, I mean, you, if you get on a good golf course where the greens are rolling pretty good, I mean, balls wouldn't stop. I mean, it's bizarre. Did you play, Jay? Do I put the Tidewater Amateur when we were like seventeen? The hurricane, where we played the first yeah. 12 holes in the hurricane. I didn't, I didn't play in that. You didn't play yeah. that year. Okay. I do that was, I do remember that though. Oh, I I played. It was um so I mean literally it was when I say a hurricane, I don't mean like hurricane winds. No, I mean a legit hurricane. I can't remember his name, but it had a name. <laughs> and uh and we played the first 12 holes and it, we all knew they were gonna cancel it, so you kind of just had fun with it. But you you balls were going everywhere, shot you know, raining sideways, you know, the umbrella. Umbrella lasted a hole, and you just put it away because if you held it, it would do the inside-out thing, just flip. You know, yeah, just, just roll. Right. We had more fun. You know, one of the guys in our group lost all – he ran out of golf balls. I don't think he had a lot. And he just kind of hung out. He just kind of walked with us. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I played an event. Point. I guess it was a two-man event, and I guess it was 19 up in Northern Virginia. And the second hole – we was a shotgun. I forget which hole it was, but second hole – all four of us, it was a crosswind. We couldn't keep the ball anywhere close to the fairway. We get up there, nobody, all four <laughs> of us can't find it. We can't tell if it's in the penalty area or just lost ball. So the official's like, well, you guys all, all got to go back. All four of us had to go back to the tee. The whole group in re-tee, we all did it again. All four Ugh. of us sent four balls to oblivion, and then they blow the horn and said, come on in, this is unplayable. We said, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not a restart. Like, hey, guys, you're hitting no, it is, whatever. They just, they just yeah. called it for the Shut dead. They just sent us home. I said, you're Everybody done. go home. We, um, <laughs> you think playing. it's ever happened? Four guys jacking you know, out of play? Twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. Dude, <laughs> hey, you know what? We're going in. We're, we're going in. Yeah. We're not playing anymore. We suck. <laughs> um, no, so my, my – uh, uh, so the Australian Open at uh, Royal Melbourne in like – 89 or something my dad's he tells a good story that they're on the fifth hole i don't know if y'all remember the fifth hole that par three that's kind of you know crazy yeah, yeah. green and everything runs away so they got the greens way out of control crusty winds blowing there's four groups on the tee because they can't guys can't finish the <laughs> hole so sandy lyle so this is right, what year does sandy lyle win the masters doesn't matter 88 87 so in that general it was 87 okay so anyway, so he's defending Masters champion. He's on. He's one of the guys in this group, and they're all sitting there. Dad's up there with him, and uh, Sandy Lyle goes, "Screw this! I'm going home." <laughs> he's like, he let he leaves. So the rest of everybody else goes, "Well, I mean, he's the Masters champion. Yeah, I'm going with him." He's like, "It's not fair. This is stupid." So they all left, and finally the tournament's like, well, "Okay, we'll we'll stop play. We got to stop play." Well, so they end up like shutting that around and restarting. But it was, you know, and that's yeah. that's like. Good for him being like, this is yeah. unplayable. This yeah. is stupid. You know, there's four yeah. groups on the tee. That uh, th you'll get that sometimes. And, you know, at least I did whenever I played in a, you know, a, a web or a corn fairy event, I was always a Monday qualifier for the most part. Um, and I was the last off on like whatever it, 10, that was two forty five or three o'clock off of 10. And we would never finish in time, but they knew that we were all the Monday qualifiers. So the rules officials were like, all right, come on, come on guys, you can finish. And I'm like, I can't, I got three holes left. I can't even see like what's in front of me, but they were like, 
They're like, we're, we're not going to blow the horn for you guys. Just go ahead and see if you can get done. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> no. And I'm like, I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm sorry. Like I, I need, I need to play well. Like I'm, I'm not going to do this, but I will say uh, on the, on these kind of worst weather rounds, Tom, you remember Justin Walters. You played with him at NC state. Oh yeah. Uh, great guy plays. Uh, he's playing on the European tour. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> He's a great, great guy. I mean, one of great all-time guy. greats. But uh, yeah, he's been on the know. European tour for almost 10 years now, I think, right? Legally blind in his left eye. <laughs> yeah. That's a definitely another name drop. That is a name drop. Get the dinger ready. Um, Here we go. But, um, so we were playing a Hooters tour event. This was uh, probably 15 years ago. And um, we were in – I'm pretty sure we were in Wisconsin, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense in, like, May. Um, you never know what you're going to get in Wisconsin in May. But um, it was snowing. So we're playing in this Hooters store event and we've got snow, we've got, you know, hats, mittens, you know, and it's, it's blowing like 25 as well. So, I mean, it's freezing. So Justin and I, we were just trying to stay alive and play the best we could, but we get up on one of the, one of the, the last holes there on the front nine. And there was a hazard behind him. Like when I say behind him, meaning like if he's hitting down the fairway, it's like on his butt. Um, and it kind of ran along the left side of the fairway. So uh, he gets, you know, gets ready to hit and, He's waggling and I see his ball kind of giving this little shimmy. And I'm like, mm. I was like, I want to say something, but you don't want to jump him when a guy's like in his routine getting ready to hit. But I was like, this ball is wobbling. Like, so needless to say, he, he makes a full crack at it and the ball falls off the tee, hits the heel of his driver and goes between his legs in the hazard. And I'm like, we both look at each other. I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I couldn't help it. I just started laughing. And luckily he's got a good sense of humor. He started laughing too. He's like, are you kidding me? Did that just happen? Like what? But he did it in his South African accent. He's like, yeah. oh dear, Jay, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Right? right. I mean, it's just incredible. But we, 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 we made it around, but he's <laughs> what a good sport too. Cause he like literally just kind of laughing like, oh, well, but what are you supposed to do when, when you get weather like that? It's almost fun because it's like, you know, my expectations are so low. Now, I don't think his expectations were so low that he would hit a ball between his legs. But, I mean, they're still low. So, you're just like, you know what? Let's just have fun with it. If I shoot 80, I shoot 80. But everyone's going to shoot 80, you know? Yeah. But tw- like, so Pars are relevant at that point. Yeah, well, pretty much. And, and like, I, I, you know, I was at Bandon one time and it got blowing so crazy. You know, it was it became a blast because it was nothing with – you know, none of us would ever plan again, but like, yeah. that was for fun. Like if you're on yeah. the tour and this is how you make your living, that's not fun. That's not like, fun. You know? <laughs> not okay. Like, you know, I had already, you know, out there, you know, Bannon, like we didn't care. We, we, we were going to pay. We were going to pay. We weren't going to make any money. Yeah. Like this is your living. Like, you know, you get a bad break and the, you know, the, they don't blow the horn. That's the thing that's always, you know, been kind of a, a, a unique subject is whether it's wind or, or weather, or whatever it is, but when they blow that horn, you know, there's always somebody that just hit a shot <laughs> before that that's going to cost them, you know, $25,000. Yeah. That if yeah. they'd blown that horn 10 seconds earlier, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, that's for that, sure. That's what's always interesting to me. Yeah, Jay, the, we got we got to get ready for our win game for uh, July when we go to Bandon. And I hope, I'm I hope it blows so hard. Um, I, I hope I get the full experience, but I still play well. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell a quick I'll tell a quick wind story from Bandon, the fourth hole at Pacific Dunes, right along going south, right along the the cliffs of the Pacific. The first time I played it, it was dead downwind. It's four hundred and like forty yards from the back tees. I hit driver lob wedge. Mm. I was like, oh, 
I hit like eight feet, made birdie. Like a week later, the wind switched. I hit driver. I hammered a driver off the deck. I still had 125 in and hit an eight iron. What? That's a yeah. lot of wind, man. Jeez. Jeez. Okay, I don't know if I want to play that hole. And then the sixth <laughs> hole, I played it. It goes the other way, short hole. The first time I played it, I hit three wood, par four, hit three wood over the green. A couple of weeks later, I played it, hit driver five iron because the wind had switched. Gosh, that's great. Hey, that's what's cool about that place. When it's breezy, swing easy. <laughs> <laughs> and take a lot of club. Swing slow to hit it low. You oh, better you man. better hit it in the center of the club face. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it, the, the wind, uh, that's one of the if – you, if you're struggling at all and you're kind of faking your way around the golf course, yeah. you throw some wind in there and you start yeah. mishitting it a little bit, oh, it'll just eat you up and you'll it look like just, such an idiot. It is like taking – you just – you're naked out in public. Like, yeah, here pretty I much. Am. Like, know, here I, I am. I, I'm in my underwear. Yeah. No more faking it. Here I am, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Here I am. My game, I hit it off the toe. Now you've sent a time. And the wind is going to show everybody how bad I am. <laughs> uh, but going back, going back to Riviera, Riviera, uh, we talked about the weather. That golf course we started talking about, I think it played awesome. It's time for that place to hold a, a major again. It's been a yeah, long absolutely. time. You know, it's kind of held up the, with the test of time. No one ever really goes that deep there i mean so what 12 under got into a playoff and if you take out the first hole which would be plays a par four pretty much everyone's making birdie there so it's really call it eight under wins that tournament mm-hmm. with today's technology and the bomb and gouge and distance is king you know it's not that long of a golf course it's just it's just some great architecture what some good architecture and some you know some firm conditions can do do you well, think they were testing that a little bit this this week? I mean, I haven't heard anybody say that, but I mean, based on the way that they tried to prep the golf course, they they were really trying to make it as firm and fast. And the tire was involved with it, so I'm sure that was part of it. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they were no, not at all. So yeah, I'd heard that it was like when they were when they committed to LACC, it was kind of a rev LACC that you know that was they were they they wanted to be out there, they wanted to be in LA, um, and that was kind of the is going to be between those two. Um, and from what I've heard, LACC made such a big push because, you know, it was a bigger deal for them. They thought yeah. where, you know, Riviera at US Amateur, they've got this, this running event. Um, some of the membership wasn't real keen on having a US Open because, you know, you lose your golf course for, for quite a decent amount of time. And, and um, so that was some of what I've heard, but I, I couldn't agree more like, like I love LACC. It's it's unbelievable. But Riv and my beer, in my opinion, is is kind of like uh, like Marion, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not the you know LACC is going to play long, typical U.S. Open, right? It is crazy long. But like I, I think uh, I think Riv would be amazing. To, to long story yeah. short, I think it'd be so great. Well, and I think if the U.S. Opens uh, in full control over the setup. I think that golf course can absolutely hold its own. I mean, I don't think you're going to see. Cow. I don't think you'll see twelve under winning it, mm. and I, I think it's going to be closer to even par, which we all know is what the USGA wants to see at a U.S. Open. And you could make yeah. the argument. I don't think you need to grow the rough up there that much. You just got to make it as long as you can get fortunate with Mother Nature and you can get it firm and fast. Mm-hmm. You don't really need, you know. So the argument could be made that rough is boring, right? Guys just kind of hack it out. You can't really 
be a shot maker and hit different shots out of rough. And Riviera this week kept it fairly short. And you could, it made a difference. Some of the players said it made a difference, but it wasn't the most penal, just let's just chip it out and See, hack and hope kind of. But the, the problem there is that there's, there's uncontrollables that you just talked about, Mike. Like, so if you keep the rough down, that means you got to get the rate greens firm and fast. But then. You, you, run into, rain. you run into what happened this past week, right? You get a little, it dries out, bakes out. So the more, the, the, the safer play from the USGA standpoint, in my opinion, is, you know, use the rough, right? Because yeah. weather doesn't really affect that. It's going to be can, what it's going to be. They can always start, cut it too, a little, you know, prior yeah. to, if they see the weather report and, and I'd see like what to, it's going to do. I'd like to see super, like one year, give me super long rough and make the greens playable, you know, because that way then weather, is not going to be a big factor, and then you got to put it in play. You know, guy. Like, I mean, we 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 all remember Shinnecock, and mm-hmm. you know, there's been those years that like it didn't matter where you hit it, you couldn't keep it on the green. Yeah, that that's silly. I so. think that gets silly. Um. All right, let's kind of get into our picks and preview for this weekend's uh, Puerto Rico Open that everybody wants to. Oh wait, <laughs> nobody wants to talk about the Puerto Rico Open. Which was Tony Fina's last win, by the way, in an alternate field event. His <laughs> right. one and only. I'll just I think slide he, that in there again. Is, is he going to skip uh, the WGC event and just go back down, get some good, hey, good vibes? Hey, he might be able to win that a little bit easier. <laughs> Playing against Ian Poulter and Graham McDowell, whoever the hell's down there. So let, before we get into picks, let's just kind of like briefly highlight the pick situation we had this past week, which was off the <laughs> so. As as everybody that listens to us knows, um, you know I'm the idiot when it comes to this gambling picking things. I've I've I, there's a couple of weeks I haven't even done it because I don't even know how to do it. But so I've been coached <laughs> pick pick last week after what two days, even three after Friday's round, and even in this through Saturday's round, my lineup would have won every freak everything that you know any any draft king pool you can put yourself into right at one point you had and, and i told all my all my friends right and my you guys those are your moment i was chirping i was chirping why not i was so proud I'm like oh look mikey you've awakened the beast and all this and the other well sure as hell like it can change pretty quickly and that's what's cool about this whole draft kings thing right so it's it's yeah you know my 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 main guys i picked were kicking ass but some of my other guys weren't, and Jay's other guys were kind of starting to creep up. So what I thought was an insurmountable lead very quickly, when it came down to the stretch, it was if if it came down to Tony Finau won, Jay won, and if Max Homa won, I won. It was pretty good. It was, it was yeah. really kind of cool. It was so, good drama for the yeah, so, for the thirty six yeah. bucks they were playing for. It wow, was, it's, it's more than that. But you it know, was a lot of bragging rights. Yeah, it was pretty good. It came. But down. It was fun. So I, at one time, Tom, I think you you had four of the top nine. I think yeah. on Saturday you had four of the top nine, and at yeah. one point you had one, two, and three. You had yeah. Burns, DJ, and Homa were one, two, and three in some sort of order. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Meanwhile, my <laughs> team went know. my team went plus twenty on Sunday, so <laughs> I did had nothing. I didn't even like really click on DraftKings at all on Sunday. It was fantastic. I just watched the tournament because I knew I wasn't even close to it. Well, so. Long story short, when I have to go to gambling rehab, you guys are all going to chip in, okay? Because yeah, but if you're good at it, you'll have money to pay for it. So, <clears throat> well, this is how it all starts. <laughs> you know, you win rehab. early, and then I'll you pay for all of our rehabs. Come on, it's on me, guys. We have together. <laughs> <laughs> so this week is an interesting one. We were chatting before we 
hit record. The World Golf Championship event, typically this has been down in Mexico City the last handful of years. I don't remember exactly why they moved it. I don't know if it was a sponsor issue or COVID issue or COVID. both. I think it was a COVID thing. Yeah. So they've moved it to Florida. Uh, Workday put their name on it. Grupo Salinas is out as the sponsor. This is not in Mexico, but the World Golf Championship Workday Championship at the concession, whatever the hell it's called. But new course, new venue, never hosted a PGA Tour event. It did host the 2015. So 2015. I think yeah. NCAA, yep, NCAA championship where Bryson DeChambeau won the individual title. So he does have some experience there. CT pan, I think was top 10. He played in that field. So there are some guys that have some tournament experience, but I don't know much about it. I've never played it. I have heard it's unbelievably hard. It's got a very high rating and slope kind of a crazy greens co-design of um, Jack Nicholas, Tony Jacklin. And I was looking, they have some pretty long par fives. They think there's maybe only like two that are reachable and or even one, depending upon where they put some of the, the tee boxes. But so, you know, there's different ways you can go about this. Is it is it, a, you know, it sounds like it might be a premium on the iron game because of smaller greens and crazy greens. So the guys that can hit those greens and hit them in the right quadrants and pods of those greens could be better. But then you could also argue well you're not going to hit a lot of greens because they're small and challenging so you better have a good short game and and be able to putt it so there's different ways you can go about this so you know no real um past experience to draw off of for picks so everyone's kind of in the dark on this so boys who do you who do you have let's start with our champion tom strange did you do it tom first off i was the first well, i don't know if i was the first one but i did it today Okay, love it. All right, perfect. You couldn't have done it much sooner than today because that's when the lineups came out. So yeah, I know. Well, I need to decide which of my two teams I want to put in here. Go ahead. Um, so on that, like I, I've I've been out there, I haven't played it. I've, I've been out to the club. Um, how do I say this nicely? This is one of those places that as, you don't have to say it nicely. Okay, <laughs> I, I think these kind of golf courses that are built to like defend the game, right? It, it's it's quirky. I, I, it's got weird angles, but it's all about like trying to defend against the bomb, you know, guy that hits it nine miles. So, um, it's but not it's not, it's not that long, right? It's 7,400 yards, which for these guys isn't long. If it's, if it's Some firm at all it's, and stuff, it's, it's just, it's, it's built to defend against that. Right. Or, or the, it's, it's not just that, but the new game, let's put it that way. Yeah. It's nothing like we were just talking about like a Riviera, right? It could not be any more opposite. Yeah. And, um, I'm not a huge fan of, these kind of courses, which means absolutely nothing because my opinion means nothing. <laughs> um, yes, it does. Yes, it does. But, but I mean, well, thank you, Jay. You're it's one person. You're a co-host of a super popular trending podcast. It's just getting ready to take over the, the golf world. So all that being said, that is irrelevant. Um, I've picked my lineup and here we go. <laughs> With Drum all roll. that being so, said, I do think this golf course will. I think the golf course will look cool on TV. I remember watching beautiful. some of that. I think it'll be from a viewing slight. standpoint. I think it'll be yeah. pretty fun. Um, obviously, it's always fun to watch a new golf course. Sometimes it gets old watching these same venues over and over. Some of the yeah. really, especially some of the really boring ones. But um, I think from that viewing standpoint, it'll be. You know, the visuals will be fun to watch. It, it could be interesting with these greens. You'll see some crazy short game shots and putts. You'll have these guys will have to hit. That's a great point from like from a, a viewer standpoint. That is what we want, right? We don't we want a little bit of you know not chaos, but 
maybe a little chaos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So I got so so this whole DraftKings thing is taking me a little getting used to. Because if you start picking the guys you like, you very quickly run out of money. I've learned. Yeah. Um, so out of the gates, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with my big boy, Dustin Johnson. I think maybe you got he's getting closer to home. Maybe get a little bit of sleep. Um, I mean, it's just he's he's in that category now. It's like, how do you not pick him every week? He's he's just he's that good. Uh, so I got Dustin. My next guy, dollar wise, they're not in order here. Oh, Patrick Cantley. You know, he doesn't have to wear a toboggan. I heard that really threw him off last week. He didn't like that. Um, <laughs> Did it really? What round? He looked like he was getting ready. He looked, Jay, were we talking about it? Like one round, he looked like he had just, um, you know, if you go snow skiing, but it kind of gets hot. So you kind of start shedding layers, but you still got your toboggan on and your ski pants. That's what he looked like. He's playing golf. He like, he had like the rain pants, the toboggan and a shirt. And I was like, he looked like he just skiing and like, in, in, you know, in, in Virginia and the sun came out. It was all of a sudden 65. You're like, Oh, exactly. Man. Exactly. So I think, so I got Patrick Cantley. It guys just, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of time. Um, Jason Kokrak. Love his, love his game. He's playing nine well. foot four. He looks like Paul Bunyan. The game start playing golf. I love, but he's, his legs are so skinny. Jay, what did we say? He looked like a, he looked like a bullfrog just stood up, started walking, you know, cause he's got this, he does. It's like, he's got this big belly and he's skinny legs. So I'm gonna call him the bullfrog. So I got the bullfrog. Um, he's a big boy too. Yeah. He is a big boy. He doesn't hear this. Hopefully, no, he, hopefully he doesn't hear this and find he, out where you he live. Was, he's a big boy. He, he got, he got pissed honor. at a volunteer this weekend and cussed somebody out uh, <laughs> yesterday morning when they restarted play. He yeah, did. Oh, did he really? Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, like when big guys like I say, you know, I can outrun him, but I don't know if I can outrun him. He'd probably get those, <laughs> those frog legs would get going. <laughs> so, all right. So, Patrick Cantley, Dustin Johnson, Kokrak. Um, I went with, then I, now I've ran out of money. So, this is where it kind of just started reaching. Okay. Those are pretty, <laughs> those guys are pretty costly. For all our listeners, one, you, I mean, this is, this is who you need to pick because I, Tom did the same thing last week. He had no clue who he was doing and he, and he won. So, that's not true. Okay. I, I did, I thought through it last week. So no, not, what are the not odds that Sam Burns is on his team. <laughs> Sam Burns is not. Sam Burns, love you, buddy. You made the cut. Take a week off, Sammy. Oh, you got fired. <laughs> Sammy, hey, Sammy, I felt a little burn after last week. <laughs> okay. All right. So next, Joaquin Neiman. Um, the guy's he's made every cut. You know, I don't, he's not going to win, but I'm, I'm just looking for a solid finish out of Joaquin. So go get him there, big boy. All of your 119 pounds. Uh, you know, next, Lanto. Lonto, we love you. Uh, somebody's going to pick you every week. This week, it was me. Uh, and then last, I literally had no money left. So, I went Brendan Todd, local boy for me. Route from Good Raleigh, value Carolina. pick, though. Yeah. Um, great story, you know, from what he, you know, he hasn't had. I mean, he's made eight of 11 cuts, one top 10. So, he's he's had a good year. But um, that's it. I, I really can't say much more about Brendan Todd. So, yeah. It was a good ball striker. I mean, and if, if you've got, he's got control over his ball into the green and with these teeny little greens and all the undulation, if he, you know, if he's, if he's on, he can, he can play well. But I think Dustin wins by three I'm calling it right now. Dustin wins by three. Wow. Mm. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to switch my lineup then. I did. I did lose for the <laughs> listeners. I did lose my $20 bet to uh Tom strange on uh Rory McIlroy. He had the tour's longest active cuts made streak, and I finally put a twenty dollar wager on that with Tom, and he fucking misses the cut. Remember, so. we ran it back. No, I caught. I said you pick Rory, and I said he will miss the cut. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know. I just told the listeners that. Yes, I, I lost twenty dollars some... to you. <laughs> yeah, but, but I said it first. I think there's some clairvo- clairvoyant. Is it clairvoyant or clairvoyant? Yes. V yeah, or that v? one. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is, I got that shit. Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right, McLean, who you have? All right, so I've got some of the same over there as uh, Mr. Strange. Actually, um, I have DJ. That would be smart. One, uh, yeah, right. Well, you know, that's great minds think alike. Um, I've got DJ. Obviously, I don't need to go over what Tom just went over and what everyone else already knows. Um, he's my number one pick. Uh, right behind him, though, that which I would call one A and a one B. Uh, I'm taking X Man Xander Shoffley. Uh, again, Top I don't need to machine. explain why he's a great pick. I mean, the guy looks good every week. You talk about a swing that's enviable. We can talk about Homo, yeah. but my God, watch Shoffley hit some golf balls. Um, yeah, that's a lot of money you just spent on two guys there. Yeah, oh, where do you, you go worry. now? Don't worry, friend. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Palmer, seventy-two hundred, nice. great value pick. Uh, obviously, been playing very well. Uh, then we dip down and go for my man Jason Kokrak. Solid player for me last week. Didn't mm-hmm. have the best weekend, but played well early in the week. Um, the and bullfrog been playing well. Uh, yeah, the bullfrog. I've got the bullfrog. Coming, is that, uh, is that gonna be his name? That's his name from now on. It's Funzo. Um, I've also got uh, Brendan Todd on my team, sixty four hundred. Shout wow. out Green Hope High School, Green Hope. Uh, and <laughs> wow. then, and then Abraham Answer. Love wow. what that guy does with the golf ball. I think on tight, uh, a tight golf course, or I should say, firm greens, um, tough greens. His iron play and his short game will be um, something he to can, play to his benefit. He can chip his ass off. Yeah, you got that right. You've got that right. He's so. he's got the he's a chipping machine for sure. Yeah, that rounds out my squad. Very strong. Strong. Sounds like you guys just sat together and just I know build build was your it, little lineup was together. It two we, guys that were different. You guys, you guys on the phone uh, together when you did this? Yeah. Hey. Uh, I've got answer, Palmer, and Shoffle. Okay. All right. All right, Jay, go ahead. All right. Uh I am going to start off with the heavy hitter at the top, the 2015 NCAA champion. I think he bounces back. At $9,900, Bryson DeChambeau. Um, hasn't played super great recently, but I think he's just going to have good good vibes there. And uh, It's all that work he did. It's all that work he did in the dark the other night. I don't know, <laughs> it was a Thursday night at Riviera. Yeah. <laughs> Those poor volunteers are trying to go home. These range guys, they're like, Bryson, go the fuck home. It's pitch dark already. Yeah. And this douchebag's hitting golf balls. And you're hitting them over the net like nobody <laughs> can find them. <laughs> well, I think all that late night practice is going to pay off. Uh, so anyway, going with DeChambeau, then I dropped down, uh, to Javi, uh, Victor just, man, the guy just, he, I mean, he's finished in the top five, four of the last, uh, five events. Yeah. Um, that was a, that was a sneaky, or top, top 10. I'm sorry. That was I mean, a sneaky top five finish he had, uh, yeah. yesterday. <clears throat> he just, um, he's just playing super solid and I, I don't think it matters what golf course he plays. I mean, we talked about that last week, last week of, you can tell a, a, a how good a player is in their skill set when they can their game can travel from not just course to course but state to state, country to country. I mean, he was time just zone, in, time zone. Yeah. That's a great point, Jay. He was that just really in is. he was in L.A. before that. He was in he was at the uh, Saudi International, then back at the Farmers, um, and he was in Mexico at the end of the year. I mean, the guy and he won there. So I think he likes some of this that that type of weather. I know the Mayakoba's past Palom, I think, but. Um, uh, I think he'll do well in Bermuda, and uh, I think he'll have another good week. Um, 
then I go down to another Florida boy who won a couple weeks ago. Uh, he always seems to play well in Florida. It seems like Daniel Berger. Um, That's a great pick. So I think really for pick. the for the money and how well he's been playing, I think. Um, can I, I change mine? Can I can I switch? I want Derek no. Daniel Berger. <laughs> Um, and then I, I kind of dropped down to some of these uh, value picks as well. I did go with uh, uh, Neiman, Joaquin. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think uh, he's been playing great too. So, and uh, I think he'll. I think he'll have a good week, and especially with DraftKings, you know the way the points work. If he doesn't win, he makes a ton of birdies, and so he 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 gets a lot of points. Um, so I think he'll have a good he'll have a good week. Um, so my value plays here. Uh, I'm going with Lonto. Virginia boy, uh, we're pulling for you, dude. He's been playing solid. I like how he's finishing these tournaments off. Like, um, you know, like he shot three under yesterday, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, to to creep back in and, you know, almost a top 25. I think he finished 26. But he's – he you know, he's a grinder. We've, we've talked to him. He's been on the show. I think he, he's, he plays every round, every – hole like it's his last and he's going to put everything into it so that's the kind of guy i want on my like a, at sixty seven hundred dollars i want a guy like that who's going to grind it out it's going to make the cut and he's not some of these guys if they're not winning they'll just shut it down and be like yeah whatever you know i'm not winning this week i'll just shoot 75 he's not going to do that so that's what i like about him especially with this uh, he played well this, sunday too yeah like i said he shot 300 on sunday um and he played well at the farmers on sunday to, to creep into the top 10 so um, I think he'll have a good week uh, this week as well. And he, he's in Florida now too. So um, he's not, he doesn't have to travel very far. Uh, and then rounding and out down at the bottom at 6,400, uh, the money machine uh, who hasn't been really that way of late, but uh, I'm going with Matt Kuchar. Um, kind of. He uh, has it for him, right? He it's hasn't been playing super great, but um for the price point, like if he if he has a solid round of golf, and he, again he's got four rounds to play, which I like, um, so he can. How old is Matt Kuchar? Uh, Kuchar's got to be in the, his mid. He's got to be mid right? mid forties. Right around Tiger's age, I think. Tiger, yeah. pretty close yeah. to the same age. What a stud, man! I, that's yeah. you know, just well, longevity. That's awesome. Kuchar's one of those guys also that can go out and win any week. You know, he's got enough experience Absolutely. that he's yeah. been there. Um, that he's not going to get rattled by being in contention on Sunday. Yeah, well, it's the silent 42. assassin, right? You kind of like a like the nice guy smiles, everything, but like behind closed doors, that guy wants to you know yeah. beat your brains in. Yeah. All righty, that leaves me. Um, oh, I got two Danny. teams here. All right, so you're gonna these some of these names are gonna you've already heard tonight, but I'm this is my gut. I'm gonna go with my gut, my first team that I picked. So I had DJ. There's three of us <laughs> picking DJ. I mean, um, I, then if, if DJ wins, and then, then I'm obviously done but it's not a so, bad pick. I don't, I don't need to explain DJ. He's just, he's playing well. He'll, he'll rebound from the bad round he had yesterday. You know, being in Florida. Then I'll go down to uh, Colin Morikawa. Just, you know, he didn't play great this past weekend. He grinded just to make the cut, but hits his irons great. I think you're going to need that here. Just flushes it. You know can chip it pretty well doesn't not the longs off the tee but i'm not sure that's going to matter especially in some of these par fives that you can't get to so if he's hitting wedges into him i like that then i go down to uh matthew fitzpatrick again good all-around game he seems like a grinder i don't think he minds tough goofy conditions or courses it's a good pick you know been playing pretty well this year last few weeks then i went to some of my value plays ryan palmer 
Again, another good iron player. You can putt it pretty well. Again, I don't think I don't from what I've read about concession, it seems like the fairways are somewhat generous. It's more about going into the greens and around the greens. So I don't think yeah. length's gonna be everything needed. So I like his iron game. I like his putting. Go with him. Then I go to Kevin Kisner, just a bulldog. Again, good iron. You know, you know, he hasn't done anything too crazy this year. One top ten made most of his cuts, but I think he's getting ready to break out. I think he likes getting on this bigger stage in these WGC events, you know, won the match play a couple of years ago. More money. You know, just a little chip on his shoulder with all these big boys playing in it. So, yeah, more money. That's right. They do pay a lot for 20th in this one. Yeah. No no cut this week, so he's no guaranteed a check. Week. And then uh, my last guy, Lanto. Nice. You know, I had him. I had him last week. He was one of my, I guess, probably my second best guy on my team. I'm going to take him again. And... uh We'll ride with Lanto again, friend of the pod, as always. So um, that's it right there. And I'm going to regret this. My other team's going to do way better, but I'll just tell you about that next week. I'll give them how good my other team was. <laughs> Wait, team. Where, do you, where do you have another team? I do some like other contests. Gambling? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, it's not gambling. It's their entry fees, buddy. It's like we're just know. entering into sports. a tournament. That's yeah, like daily that. fantasy sport. That's what they all say. That's, that's like they, Lindy was like, Lindy was like, did you lose more money to DraftKings this week? Because <laughs> how's all those works? Because I noticed a couple weeks ago it was a hundred fifty dollar deposit or on our credit card. I'm like, yeah, I got to work. I got to work with a balance. But don't worry, we're good. We're still over the one fifty. I got about two fifty in it. Blame it on the pod. Hey, you know, again, it's, it's just for the content, honey. It's just for the content. That's right. So, all right, gents, that kind of wraps it up for us. Unless you guys got anything else, any shout outs you want? Uh, Tyler, awesome, real quick though, we didn't cover uh, Jordan Spieth. I think we got to get a, a quick minute in on him. He started out okay. You know, we gave him a lot of love <laughs> last week. He he did not have a good weekend, but uh, I I think he got some more good reps in. I think Tom has something to say about Jordan Spieth. <laughs> That's why I wanted um, to bring it up. So, yeah, Jordan Spieth. I think we saw. I think we saw this week, which is which is kind of standard. I think yeah. I don't know. That's not what I, I was going him, for. What hole, Mike? What did I text you? What hole did you drive at? Nine. You texted miles. me. He was breastfed as a baby till he was nine years old. I think is what the, <laughs> the text was. I can go back and read it, but I did not text you. That was some. <laughs> um, I, um, Jordan, I'm not the biggest Jordan Spieth fan. Okay, I said it. Let me check my record here. He's never. Don't don't, don't Mike. Those are personal <laughs> texts. <laughs> I don't like Jordan Spieth. Okay, I've said it. I don't like Jordan Spieth. Okay, you don't like you don't like, don't like Jordan Spieth, the golfer. You like Jordan Spieth. Wrong to me. He's like the model citizen. He's a better human than I ever have been or ever will be. But I just I think that's why I don't like him because he's just too like. If I need Jordan Spieth to go out and like get in a bar fight and break a beer bottle over somebody's head, then now we're talking. Or, or get one broke over his head. Either this was at six forty two p.m. yesterday. Jordan Spieth was probably breastfed until he was nine years old. End quote. How? <laughs> <laughs> what? What age did I say? Nine. 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 Well, you know, actually, I, 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 I take that statement back. I'd say probably six. Over <laughs> <laughs> track three years of that. No, it's. Um, I'm just. I, you know. Yes. You, so you know what? To the that point, out there, I don't. That my my fellow hosts here who are. <laughs> Some of my dearest friends on the planet are, are trying to get me to open up more. And um, 
I guess this is the way we're going to do it. So here we go. <laughs> right. Hello, world. Uh, well, I don't like know, Jordan Spieth. He irritates me. I don't know why. I don't have a reason. I should have that's one. That's fine. But, but you know, fun. that's what I'm, my point is. It's okay. Okay, like they're you know we're fans. Like you, you can oh, you can have an opinion no. about why you like a guy as a, as a golfer. You're like, hey, I don't really like watching the guy. You know, I don't know what it is. I just don't. You know, I, I can give you some reasons, but doesn't mean I you don't like him as a person. And, and like a, a good example is you know when like perfect example Nate Lashley when he flashed out on that green, I can relate more to that than I yeah. can the guy that's the nervous energy wiping his hands on a towel seventeen times and yeah. and talking you know a bunch of nonsense and all, like I, this. That makes yeah. me uncomfortable. Like I want a guy to drop an f bomb, smash a club, and move on. <laughs> you know, like those are the those are the guys that are their fans. Are, we're, we're fans of those guys because well, that's relatable. That's, that's us. Yeah. That's, that's relatable. That, that's yeah. who we are. That's the people that we, you know, who taught us this game. Kind of did something similar <laughs> to that. You know, right, right. Man, <laughs> McLean, I'm really glad you brought up Jordan Spieth. That yeah, thanks a lot. Well, go ahead, Mike. Give us the give us the stat on the on the uh, Pebble Beach when. Jordan Spieth was in contention on Sunday. What is the stat you sent us the other day of how the ratings were through the roof? Oh, CBS. yeah. It's like, exactly. Right. So either people didn't care about, they weren't missing Ray Romano. They were tuning in. It was the highest viewership on a PJ Tour Sunday in forever. I could go back and try to find it. I wasn't prepared for the uh, question here, Jay. But, yeah, um, but I mean, it was, it was not only is that, that it was like the most watched. Uh, final round of a regular season event other than a major and like it was like 10 years or something yeah it, it was, was it was it was a long time all right well and while so, mike looks for that stat i'll try to justify my self now that <laughs> you don't I have to justify anything everybody knows that i'm a dick so <laughs> i um flip side like um justin thomas who's like best friends with jordan speed right they're kind of the same little you know little guys um I, like i like justin thomas but I feel like because I feel like there's more rawness there, you know. I feel like you kind of see a little bit more of of maybe a little bit too much lately of of what you know Justin's you know who he is, what he's about. Where with Jordan, I feel like it's so I don't say it's phony because I think he's a great dude. He's really a good human being, and I think that's the way he lives his life, which is awesome. But um, I think maybe I'm just kind of used to seeing things a certain way, right? The guys that are going to give you a little bit more kind of rawness and, 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 um, I think he is pretty raw though. I mean, I, I think, yeah, but it's kind of raw, but like, Oh, I'm so mad. I'm going to, I'm going to spit in this cup. I'm so mad. I mean, he's definitely you know? not the you break something. You, break you something. know, you know what he is feeling, right? You can sense his anxiousness or his nerves or you know i think we've yeah. talked about this you know he does have that vulnerability to him all the the fidgeting and the and the talking non-stop and i can see part, I can, we're gonna we're gonna edit all this out because you had already closed out and then the claim that's okay just, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, our, it's our show tom we can do whatever the hell we want right. yeah, this is true. um you guys but yeah I, I can definitely see how jordan's people get on people's nerves i, I do think the guy mm. is pretty genuine he just 100 percent well, but uh, to your point, with in terms of viewership, like I think that's why people like watching him because they're like, again, he looks like the like a guy that you would see at your country club. You're like, oh man, he really looks nervous right now. Like, yeah, I, I want to see if he just totally blows it or 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 if yeah, he, but if then, he then, he'll, then he'll then he'll chip in or pull out from the fairway. Yeah, when he first started, like you know, granted, he's had ex- he's had extreme success at every level. Um. But even when he got out on tour and he started winning, it's like, I just, he didn't, in my mind, 
and, th- and this is just me pouring my soul out right now. Like I love he, it. He had that. He fanned it wide open. His golf, it, like it's just. And then he won because he made he made seven thirty footers in one round. And he chipped in twice. He hit he hit four <laughs> greens and shot yeah. sixty three in one. But he yeah, won yeah. way more saying, than twenty like, feet now. So like I just so you know being like I, I don't know it just it irritated me. It's like he's okay. He's not he's not that good. Like he shouldn't be winning out here doing this. Like I feel sometimes I feel like it's like you know I want to I want the game to be protected from the knuckleheads. Like only people that should be successful are the guys that earn it and deserve it and fit the mold. And that's wrong. Yeah. I, I'll be the first yeah. to tell you that. So he came out and he was kind of. You know, happy go lucky, and he's spraying his driver, and he's making forty footers, and I'm like, "Well, this can't last." But then it did. But then it did. And it's then he went, and you're like, "Well, well, hold on." And then it just kind of you're like, "Holy cow!" And then he, you know, the British Open against Matt Kuchar. I'm sitting there going, "Holy cow, Matt!" How do you think Matt Kuchar felt? Matt Kuchar's like, "I've found my, I, I've had on the back nine. Matt Kuchar's like, no one had to look for any of my golf shots. <laughs> we had the whole world looking for yours on seven holes, and you beat me." <laughs> You know, like it's like, hold on, yeah. you know, like that has to, you know, anyway. Well, I think his type of game definitely is one where you know he's going to ride waves with that putter. Um, and we'll see how long those waves last. We saw one that lasted a couple years, uh, a couple years ago. Uh, I think he rode that putter for a good two years and did some phenomenal things with it, made a lot of money, won a lot of golf tournaments. And I think we could be on the precipice of seeing possibly the beginning of another wave. Uh, I think it's something that's going to be tough to play good year in and year out uh having to rely on that putter i think it's easier to um do that ball striking wise but you know it's something that uh when he's got that putter going it's it's he's in contention he's gonna be tough to beat if he can hit the ball mediocre we're gonna have to delete all of this because i know this is i was just gonna say this is this is staying in 100 percent. tom this is a great first step for you i'm glad we're gonna start breaking you out of your shell so all you got to do, do is be an asshole. Just hey, no, this is what <laughs> this you have to do. This works because I'm really don't good at a, that. Uh, don't have a filter when you text me, and I'm just going to read them on the pod. <laughs> text with Tom. <laughs> Tom Mike, text Tom is Tom. Tom's never going to text you again. No, I'm not. <laughs> like I am. Like Jay can see it right now. I'm like shaking. I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't even know. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, on that note. Let's see if we still have, we might only have three co-hosts next week. I don't know. We'll see, but um, guys, it was a pleasure. Uh, And thank you all for listening again, like subscribe, follow, please tell everyone. And hopefully we'll have some special guests here uh, coming up shortly. Thanks guys. Thanks guys.